You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learned. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Bella. Onside, 1 0. Blue fast shot. Oh my word. It's he ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, and now, now. Your, host, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you enjoyed your weekend, even though it was a weekend without any Saints FC matches to enjoy. Maybe you watched the FA Cup final. Maybe you thought back to, to 1976. Um, I didn't because I wasn't alive then, but I did read the Bobby Stokes book and I have watched the match. And if you haven't done either of those things, maybe that's something that you could do between now and the time we start matches again in September. Um, but we have some time between now and then. And one of the things we're going to do is talk to a number of fans, uh, both of the club and of the show, about their thoughts on last season and what needs to happen in the transfer window to make sure that next season um, is successful. So this week you'll hear from Luke Millard, Justin Woodward, Graham Kopp, and Tim Bizantz. Uh, There will be four or five more interviews next week of a similar manner. Most of those have been conducted already. Some will be conducted later this week. Um, But if you um, didn't get a chance to speak to me for this and you want to contribute, um, I am also including some thoughts from readers and listeners in this week's newsletter. So you can submit uh, your thoughts on the season uh, and and I'll include them in the newsletter. The link is in the show notes. So go ahead uh, and head there. And I will say that in order to attend to some family business, I had to actually postpone a couple of the interviews and I had to record a couple of them in the car. So Graham and Tim, I talked to them fairly early. Uh, in the morning, uh, my time here on the West Coast of the United States, and it was pre-coffee and was also in the car. So hopefully it sounds okay. Um, They sound great. It's just the fact that it was very early in the morning and I hadn't had any coffee yet. And also the fact that I was inside of a car. But anyway, enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a good day. And uh, we'll talk to you on the other side. So we'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Luke Millard. He's on Instagram at Millard505. Uh, Luke, you're one of the patrons of the show. So first off, thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks. It's great, uh, great to be back on. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the season's over. We've we've kind of wrapped up the last game and, and we, we talked about, uh, you know, hopefully uh, at this point, we're talking on Tuesday just after the last episode was released. So Salisu still has not been announced. Um but we're just here to kind of reflect on the season and talk about kind of uh, some of those things that really stood out. So, uh, you know, we we could go through uh, player of the season and all that stuff, but that's kind of been done by by everybody. But um, I, I just want to ask you, like, what what moments or players 
st- like re- will really stand out or stood out to you over the course of this season? Yeah, so I had to sort of go back and look at the season's fixtures to realize what had happened so early on. It's been such a long season, I have to jog my memory, really. Because, um, yeah, what, what, a, what a long and, and wild season. Um, and, and the first game of the season was, was such a... It was such a bad start to the season. Didn't really know where it was going to go. But the, the one memory I have from, from starting the season was going to Burnley away, which is an awful long car journey and getting ridiculously wet. The heavens opened on us and losing 3-0. I sort of wondered what we'd be in for, really. Um, but but then I think standout moments for me, probably um, like when I was on last time, I spoke about the, the Pompey away game at Fratton Park. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that can in quite explain what it's like to, to go to your own neighbor's backyard and, and beat them as a chance goes and be walked to the ground by the police from the stadium to the ground like, like moments like that are things that you never forget so this will probably be the season to remember to go to Fratton Park because who knows when it will be next maybe, maybe when we play them in the under 23 cup now as it, as it is the, uh, <laughs> the, the league who knows um, but yeah obviously that was a good sign for the season, although the start of the season didn't go great. A couple of home performances. We had some really bad Friday night matches. Again, getting rained on. I think we had three Friday night games that were on the telly that were that were poor losses. One in particular, everyone knows about. Um, but then the away the away picture for me was just such a such a moment to to go into the away end and and have all the Leicester fans sort of jeering at us, thinking all these fans of come up here from the South Coast. What I thought we did to them last time, I wonder what they're in store for today. Yeah. And yeah, to, to turn that around there, get the result, that moment for me is, is a massive standout and it just shows how far we came from from that autumn gloom, the sort of dark and dinginess of, of the, the back end of the year into the, the spring and, and the, the amazing form that carried on right into the, the lockdown period. It's been a yeah, great, great 2020 in total despite the, the pandemic, of course. Yeah, yeah, football-wise it's been great. Uh, I'd say, I'd say <laughs> yeah. the world, uh, outside of that, the world is burning down, but... Uh, um... It's the football was fantastic. Um, so, I mean, would, would Ings be the player that really stood out to you this season? Or is there somebody else that uh, you think maybe deserves some, some recognition as well? Cause obviously what Ings did is, is absolutely incredible. Um, and you know, I'm still sorry he didn't get the golden boot, but uh, very, very happy for his performance and, and how hard he worked. And, and you think about, you know, he seemed to grow a little bit as well, given, you know, the, the type of goals he was scoring at the beginning of the season, they just seemed to go off him all the time everywhere. And then all of a sudden it was, you know, now he's, he's, he's pulling people one way and, and dragging shots and, and things like that. So I don't know, i uh, super stoked with, with him, but um, for you, I, I guess what other players or if anybody really stood out to you th- this season? I mean, yeah, he's got to be, you know, he's got to have a mention, isn't he? I mean, what, what a season it's been, it's been many years since we've had such a talisman like him. You think back to Lambert and Pella in terms of, Someone up top, you know, you can deliver, and it's great to have a figure like that in. Um, but I think, I think one one player that may not have got the headlines this year as much as I think we owed a lot to our stability in, into the into the back end of the season. And I think Stevens has sort of, I say, come out of nowhere. He's always been there, um, but he was never sort of looked upon as the figure that could could lead the defence or, or or be in there next to the bed. We thought Vestergaard coming in would be the answer. We Right. Soon proved wrong, uh, potentially with, with with his performances, and so I think he's got to be given a lot of credit. I went up to to the Etihad to see him score a, a header, and he didn't score money that season. 
but defensively he he was a rock and, and always putting the tackles in. I mean, even at the back end of the season, Romeo stepped in for Huber going away. I mean, even in the last game, Romeo put in that brilliant challenge just just as in the memory in the box there. Yeah. Um, but Stevens yeah. did, a, did a lot of that next to, to Bednarak. And you know, so you mentioned about uh, Salusu. It's going to be interesting to see how he slots in, whether he slots in straight away, who goes, um, who moves away, but. Um, hopefully Stevens gets some some reward and some benefit for the, for the good season he's had. Yeah, yeah. And you, you mentioned Salisu there, and you know, thinking about a, a little bit more about the conversation I had with, with Zach uh, last week, the you think like Stevens might be the better fit to to play next to him, just because it seems like Salisu needs somebody there to coach him along, and, and Stevens is the guy who really organized everything uh, in the back four, which. Is not something that he was. We, I, I don't think many of us thought he could do. You know, uh, just last season we thought he was not maybe that strong willed or or didn't really have it in him. But he he kind of proved us all wrong. And and you know, listen to any of the the commentators who really follow Saints, not the guys who are on TV once and and never watch us play again, but Carl and everybody else. They mention over and over and over that he's the guy giving direction to everybody on the on the pitch, which I think he deserves a, a, a lot of credit for. Like like you said. Yeah, I mean, you could listen during during the lockdown to the shouts if you wanted to, and and that just that showed then how much I think he shouted and, and led the defense. So I think Benrick's still still young. I mean, we all think, and, and most Saints fans may still think he's the best centre back we've currently got. Um, but I think you're right in terms of Stevens has got a bit more experience, a bit more age with with the the leadership he's got. I think more, um, as the, as your guest said last week, as, a, as an elder statesman next to him to give him support. I think. If Saliso does come in and play straight away, Stevens is probably the the man to put beside him. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to kind of wait and see. Um, I, you know, looking forward a little bit. What what else do Saints need to do? I mean, going into next season, because I'm I've been really positive about. I, w- I would say that this this end of the season uh, is the most positive I felt at the end of a season in, in a number of years. Not that we don't have things to do uh, over the summer to help make sure that we we you know, continue to improve. But what do you, what for you, what do you think Saints need to do going forward to make sure that we kind of stay on this trajectory uh, uh, and, and keep winning matches the way we're doing it? I think hopefully the players will go away and do what we did in the start of lockdown to keep the fitness up. I think we were all quite surprised. There were a lot of questions how good we'd come back after a long break, a, a longer break than we would normally have in the summer. So maybe a lot of it's got to do with keeping the squad fit and healthy because we played so well recently. Um, but I think we should try, if we can, all the, the, the markets are volatile place at the moment. No one really knows what's going on and with that, especially Saints as a team not having lots of money and potentially other players coming back and getting rid of. Um, a clear has been needed for a while. So first of all, decide who's staying, who's going. I must admit, I was, as a tad annoyed at seeing Eli Nusi renew the loan deal because really you want the player off the books to get money in is, is the ideal situation. But... But with COVID, you understand that Southie probably weren't going to pay up for him. Right. So potentially getting rid of what we can in terms of a squad, because again, it's it's big without loaning as possible. But but then I think Romain was good in the in the latter half of of, of the season, or lockdown primarily. And the question is whether he can continue to play well there, or whether he's not quite the quality that we want to push on into the top half now. I know 11 was, was an amazing season and, and no one would have, would have guessed who would have started. I think you said you were one place out with your pre-season prediction. Yeah, it's total luck though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, if we do want to try and continue a trajectory going up the league, I think quality has to 
potentially come in and whether it is the first team, whether someone can partner Prowse and make a big difference, a ball-winning midfielder, that may be someone we look into. But again, I said, the market is such a strange place and if we haven't quite got the finances and we can't get rid of the place to support that, I've, I've always been a bit of an advocate of the media coming back, which which um, other St. Lads may not be as as happy with. Um, but we'll we'll see if, if, if he could come back and, and if he plays the right through. But if he doesn't, I, I, I trust in Ralph, we trust. And if he doesn't think that he's up to it, then I'm happy for him to go back out wherever he needs to go again. Well, you know, I can't remember which which commentator it was, whether it was Blackmore or, or Dave Merrington on the Total Saints podcast that talked about uh, Lamina and they really felt like Lamina is the player to come back and make us better. I, I mean, and, and you'd have to say that like Adam, I think it was Adam and, and he's got to know these guys a little bit better than we do. Right. And, and you just wonder how it would work out. Like if he buys in, I mean, he, the, he is fantastic on the ball, but um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I could do without ever seeing him in a St. shirt again, probably, but that's that's fine. Uh, we'll just have to we'll have to see. I, I I don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna go and how that personality clash goes and um yeah you just you just wonder a little bit as to, as to how it all works out. But you know I I think I I felt the same way about Buffalo and he's come back and and you know has made his way into Ralph's plans a little bit. So I think we'll we'll have to see. Um, I think we have a lot I of mean- talent like in those number 10 positions, it's going to, people are going to have to fight for those positions, but I think we're a little, maybe a little bit light in central midfield, um, especially with Hoiberg, uh, you know, seeming to, to be leaving. Although if we got rid of Hoiberg and got a little bit of money in KWP, I'd be, uh, I'd be pretty happy with that. I think. Yeah. That, that's the, that's the real sort of deal that's on the, on the card. I heard today that, that number one signing, that central signing, the target is Hoiberg it really would be nice to get some money for him, but knowing how how Levy works and again what the transfer market's like, I think a straight swap would would probably satisfy just about all parties because because you know Walker Peters has come in and he has he has played well, which is it's weird to think about him getting knocked out the side by a low knee because this time last year he was I mean he you did, you couldn't imagine him not in the side right a, a strange falling out him and over Femi over Christmas and then. Cedric having quite a, a decent start to the season, but not good enough, I thought, for an Arsenal move. Yeah, lots of lots of moving pieces, and and but I think what's come out of it is hopefully Walker pieces to us. Probably we just want to see the back of Hoiberg. Now it's that classic move you don't want to see a player play for you who doesn't want to play for you. And I think that was half the reason not to put him even on the bench on the weekend. You didn't want to see him in that new kit because it looked like he was part of that new team for the new season. Yeah. Um, and but as you say with with Lamina with the Buffal situation, the, the the person I was thinking of at the time was Pogba. You look at Man United and how Pogba is 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 identical but a million times more famous. Um, he's he's got that personality, that brand, that volatile nature to him. But um, but that quality like Lamina has, I think Saints fans can't deny that. And and maybe if under the right guidance, with a bit of help around him, he, Lamina can come back and, and, and prove why he deserves to play. And I think his career will be better off for it. I don't think, really think he wants to be playing for Fenerbahce. Maybe he has had a good time. I'm, I'm, I'm not 100%. Well, I don't, but think, I, think, I don't think anybody, though, wants to... Like, if, you're, if, you, if your goal is to play at the highest level possible, then that's, that's not it, you know? Um, you want to be playing in the Premier League or in a, in maybe in a league in... Um, you know, maybe you want to go to Italy or, or, or Spain or somewhere else, but you don't want to be playing in Turkey. That's, I think, seen mostly as a kind of like MLS a little bit. I mean, that's where you go when you when you can't hack it in the other places. And so 
Um, not that not that I'm sure the 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 fan culture and everything else isn't 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 big and um you know not that it wouldn't be a lot of fun to play in front of those fans, but uh, I don't think that's where you'd you'd want to be. Um, but yeah, but uh, Luke, I just want to say thanks a lot, man. Like it's it's uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. We've been talking for a little while, and I want to thank you again for your support of the show uh, via Patreon and just um yeah, just everything you you've done just to to kind of encourage me throughout the the year and. Um, yeah, and, and good luck with, as you move into teaching, I'm going to out you a little bit, but, um, you know, done with school into your own flat going on to teach. So good luck as you're walking into, as an, as a fellow teacher, you're walking into something that is completely, uh, uh it's going to be crazy and it's going to be hard, but it's going to be great. And, and you're going to have a huge impact on kids' lives, which is, um, I think why, I think why we all do it. So congratulations on that. Um, and, and thanks for doing this. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I was going to say that, that I, I applaud you for carrying on doing this during the whole of lockdown, I think, when we didn't have any football to, to, to watch. We were wondering, would it come back or would it not? I think you were one of only a, a small number of people that kept going throughout the whole, and it, I think it kept us going in a way of thinking about football coming back and wanting it to. At one point, I was happy with none and void that Liverpool not get the title. <laughs> um, I probably don't speak a load of that, in that from the state's point of view. But, um, but no, thank you so much for keeping it going and, and, and continuing um, throughout the whole. I think, I think after years of, of, of awful football, you've been rewarded, I think, eventually. You've finally got to a point now where you can, uh, you can talk happily and hopefully with a smile on your face about most of the results you, you review. There, there was always a joke uh, a little bit between Ben and, and I, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but like we seemed to joke a little bit where it seemed like we started the show and then the team just tanked, you know, like um uh, and we haven't really had a a real positive season to talk about so this has been it's been really hard to go like well now what do we talk about now that we're good you know um and and how do we be happy without being you know overly confident but also not just being super pessimistic so definitely there were some down times during the lockdown for sure where i was not i was not you know i I wasn't sure how things were going to go but uh, since then it's been it's been great so um thanks for the encouragement all the way through and uh, I, i appreciate it yeah, no, no, not a problem. And then I'll take your, I'll take your tips into teaching and let you know how I get on. Absolutely. Well, have a, have a wonderful rest of the night, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You too. Now we'd like to welcome to the show Justin Woodward. You can find him on Twitter at JustinWoody76. Uh, longtime listener, longtime patron. Uh, Justin, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, Matt. Um, I have a question about your Twitter account. Uh, is the seventy six? Is that when you were born, or is there another reason? That's the year I was born. It's a good year. It was a good year. Unfortunately, I don't remember it, but yeah. <laughs> um, I, I guess your family Saints fans, or are you the first one? I'm the first one. It's um, dad didn't really show an interest in it at all. I mean, he, he was aware that you know, they, they won the cup and stuff like that, but he never used to go. It was only since you know when we started to reconnect as you know a father and son in my twenties that we used football as a medium to, to get back in touch and get, you know, get a relationship again. And he, you know, he follows them not as avidly as me, but, um, you know, certainly follows them as much as he can now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if, I guess if you were, uh, if your parents were big fans, you probably wouldn't have been named Bobby or, you know, something else. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. And, and I guess, you know, this show, we're just kind of looking back at the season. I've talked to Luke, and Kevin, at this point, uh, I know the three of you have all met each other at some point, uh, a yeah. couple times, I think, uh, which I think is is super cool. Um, 
And, and so, you know, thanks again for, for, for doing that. Um, just to kind of start, I mean, there's a lot of things to remember this season by both good and bad on field, off field. But for you, I guess, what's, what's, a, what's the standout moment? What's the moment you're like, if somebody asks you about this season, what are you going to tell them first? Um, it's going to be the, for me, it's the 2-1 Leicester win. Because it was all about showing that that result was an anomaly that we had. And we were a good team and we went there. And yeah, they took, took the mick out of us with the, you know, playing the nine goals beforehand and all that lot. And we just went there and showed them that that's not us. And for me, that was, that was, that put a big smile on my face. You know, as much as the Pompey win was good, you know, certainly living here, it was great. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, it was expected that we won that game. Whereas Leicester, we weren't expected to win the, the away because of the home, home result. Mm-hmm. And we went there and we outplayed them, basically. And for me, that, that's my highlight this season. Yeah. I, I think it was, a, it was probably an emotional kind of, uh, or mental barrier maybe for the team too. They needed to get over that to prove to themselves that that wasn't us, even though we all knew it. And we all knew that that, yeah. sh- that shouldn't have been there. It's it's nice to get that kind kind of off your back, I guess, as a, as a player. Um, it is, and I, I think also going on from that, I think we had a huge hangover from that home defeat that affected our home games. I'd say up to the Man City at home, that Man City result where we got you know beat you know outgoing champions proved that we could beat the best team, one of the best teams in the league at home. Yeah. And I think from that, going into next season, it's going to be, home form will be a bit, bit better. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, here in the States, we have to disclose whenever we, uh, if you're selling your home and somebody has passed away in that home, you have to disclose that. And I feel like every single player that walked into St. Mary's had, had the the disclosure, you know, hey, we got beat 9-0 here. Um, and yeah. you can feel it. You know, you can just, it, it, it felt like something. And it's nice to kind of get rid of that, I guess. Um, it, it is. And it's, it, I think it made the players realize that or made the players better because you can only get better when you make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest mistake of all. The, nothing worked that day. And as we know, everybody went away and looked at it and still didn't improve for Everton. And then it started, you know, you know I mean, the, the turning point for me was half time against Watford. You know, we're one nil down bottom of the league and we come back to win two. one. It was an awful game. <laughs> but we won. And it, it turned us, uh, for me, that, that they proved that they could win games and get points. And yeah. from that point on, we pretty much didn't look back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way we finished the season, nothing but smiles from me. Um, yeah. There were a lot of points in the season, though, that it hasn't, that it hasn't happened. Um, and a lot of end of the seasons of, of recent years where it's just kind of been like relief that we didn't get relegated or just, you know, oh my gosh, there's so much needs to change. It's nice to have a, a, a different outlook, I guess. Um, it is. It. It, I mean, this this restart, while you know, it's been awful in one respect, not being able to you know to be there, the team have just put the smile on Saints fans again. They've formed, performed so much better than any of us expected. Yeah, I feel, and they've just almost gone from strength to strength. And you know, you didn't want the season to end because you just wanted the next match. Yeah, to happen. Yeah, you just just keep bringing them because we'll just keep winning. Yeah, you know, we'll just keep picking up points and and uh, it's it's really nice to like see other teams and just go. I I they don't. I don't think anybody wants to play us. You know, I think everybody's glad that the season's over and they don't have to worry about us for a while. 
Um, we're a nasty team to play against, which is. But on the flip side of that, we don't play horrible football. Right. So we we have that nasty side, but play a good, attacking, exciting football. Which at the end of the day, you just that's all you want. You want them to try 100, percent and at the moment, it's working. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, speaking of, of, of kind of giving 100, percent were there were there any players that kind of surprised you this season? I mean, I know Danny Ings scoring a, a ton of goals. We we all love that, but. Uh, Anybody, anybody in the squad that kind of just you you weren't expecting them to to do that, and you, and you could be Ings because you know he had the he struggled with injuries. He didn't really kick on last year the the way we would have hoped. And um, so, so I guess anybody that stands out to you this season, yeah, obviously Ings is a standout. He he's he's scored the goals. He's done you know brilliantly. But for me, you know, honourable mention to, to James Will Prowse and um, Armstrong, who have improved. James Will Prowse has become the player we knew that he was. For me, you know, Jack Stevens, the amount of slate that guy has had in the last couple of years, and deservedly so, and he's taken it on the chin, and he's come back, and he's not let it get him down, and he's come back and proved that there is a player there, and a very, very good one. So for me, his, he's the most improved player in the team. You know, almost to the point where you, you're not nervous about him being on a team sheet now. You're quite happy with him and Bednarak got the back, and um, you're, not, you're not that concerned anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting this uh, off season when we bring in the new center back, how it all kind of shapes up, and 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 who's going to fit next time. Because I think for a long time we would have said Bednarak needs a partner, um, yeah. and now all of a sudden it's it's I'm not so sure. And uh, I, I just think the the leadership that Stevens has brought, I didn't know he had, and it's it's been a welcome surprise. Yeah, I mean at the moment you, you'd be hard pushed to drop either of them. Yeah, really. So, and I think Salas, if this Salas who comes in, which you know, is likely, I don't think we're going to see much of him for the first few months. I think he's going to be the backup. You'll get a few League Cup games, maybe a few appearances, but nothing major until he gets used to the speed. I think, I hope people aren't expecting too much of him too too quickly. Yeah, I mean, I just remember when Bednarak came in and what the expectation was for him and how long it took for him to really get in. I mean, he was pretty terrible initially. Um, I, I think yeah. in his first match and, and, and kind of, we didn't see him for a while and he's, he's, he's blossomed and developed. And I think that's what it's going to take. Um, I mean, Salas is only 20 and he's got one professional season kind of under his belt, like at a, in a, in a top flight league. So, uh, it's going to be a, a steep learning curve for sure. But, but I, I think we'll, we'll see how it goes. Is there anything else that needs to happen in the transfer window? You see any other issues where people need to, where the team, I guess, needs to, to address? Well, we all know there's defensive issues all across the back, you know, Let's be honest, we're all hoping Carmel Peters comes in. and I wouldn't be surprised if two centre-backs come in. Um, the other hole is, is midfield, where you know, Hoiberg's likely to leave. What do you do? You, you've got Smallbone coming through, who is good in the occasional game. He hasn't got the consistency yet, certainly with the big teams. I think he'll struggle more. Mm-hmm. You've got Reed at Fulham, but I, I, I still think they'll, the Saints will do uh, what they did with Target and let them go back, certainly if Fulham get promoted. I think they'll, they'll let him go back. So okay. you've got to bring somebody into that midfield because as good as Romeo's been these last few games, I don't think he's a long-term solution for us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a kind of aging out of the profile that we want and he is a, a card risk, a suspension risk, and you need somebody in there that can, that can fill in because I think with him being the backup, coming in and playing well, that's great. But if you're relying on him and don't have anybody that can solidify that position, maybe that's a, that's a problem. Obviously, we yeah. want to give we want to give uh, chances to the, to the younger guys, but uh, we also have to kind of guarantee ourselves that we we have a consistent team because we saw how 
important that solidified lineup was to us when we played this season. Um, yeah. When we were changing and constantly. We've also seen that the first team is it's a mid, mid to top table team now, mm-hmm. but the, the players that are coming in are not good enough quality yet. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that reserve team, almost that B team side of things, they're not good enough. You know, when, when they've been called upon, you know, the likes of Valerie, you know, guard, you know, you vote into one. I think he will be good. He's certainly not ready for regular football. Mm-hmm. Over Femi needs a lot more time. Um, so that, that B team as such isn't good enough, but which, you know, Ralph needs to work on, I, I feel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, is there, is there anything else uh, about the season or about the club in general that, that, that you'd like to kind of, kind of point out before we, we kind of uh, wrap, wrap this part up? Yeah, I, you know, you know, for me, the, the decision to keep Ralph in, in the autumn was a huge success. I've got a lot of time for Martin Siemens. Um, I've heard the interviews with him. He seems level-headed. He seems to be running the club well. And to stick with your manager like that, it just shows that well, there's actually a level-headed person there. Somebody who's not going to react when things start going bad, but look at how to improve through things. And, you know, it's just showing that, that you know, you kind of stick with people sometimes, certainly managers, and they will, will get the best best out of the players. And I, I think there's so much more to come from Ralph in this team because, he, you know, he's now, got, he's now confident in where he is. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said, like you, like you said, about sticking with the manager and then the manager also sticking with some of the players, even if they had initial poor performances, the decision when we could to put Adams back in and give him yeah. the opportunity to score. We saw that come good. Um, you know, the, James Ward-Prowse played every minute of every, of every match. And I'm not saying at any point that he should have been dropped because he, he played kind of out of his skin all, all year. But uh, that, that willingness to kind of stick with things even after uh, you know, the, the nine nil in October, like, you know, some of those players got dropped gun, obviously didn't really make a lot of appearances, but a lot of the other guys stayed around. And I think that's, uh, I think that shows that, that Ralph has some belief in, in the players that, that we can do it. And, and I, could, I guess it, it all kind of worked out for us in the end. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you know, we, we can only be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird feeling at the end of the season. Cause it is, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know, I've supported Saints since 1986 and, the majority of the season's end and you're kind of like, like thankfully we've survived. <laughs> you know, this season is like, ah, oh, this is nice. I, I like this. We get used to this more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, Justin, it's been a pleasure to, to, to chat with you a little bit here. Um, I appreciate your support of the show and, and uh, you know, I, I wish uh, for people that don't know, you like to go to like music festivals and you, you're always at the games and you travel around and watch football and you've, and, I mean, we've all had our lives disrupted uh, by this, but I hope that you get to get back to that stuff soon because, um, you know, it's, it's just nice to be able to, to kind of do that and, and see different bands and, and uh, countries and of football and everything else. So um, I, hope, I hope your family is well and I hope you're well and I hope you get back to that stuff uh, sooner rather than later. Thank you. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Graham Cop. You can find him on Instagram at graham.cop.96. You can also find him on Facebook. Graham, it's a pleasure to talk to you again, and uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Matt. Good to uh, see you and hear your voice again. Yeah, a little, little different. Um, I'm recording inside of a car, so hopefully it sounds all right. Uh, 
weird, weird, uh, weird weekend so far. But um, yeah, so we're just here to kind of recap the season a little bit. Um, and I guess we'll start with, you know, what moment from this season when you look back, when you tell somebody about the 2019, 2020 season, what is it that you're going to be sure to mention first, I guess? I think it's got to be COVID. I mean, it's had ramifications worldwide, not just in the sporting world, but everywhere. And it's obviously disrupted the Premier League season, including Saints. Um, so, you know, I'm a bit like you. I get my dose of either weekly or bi-weekly Saints on NBC coverage over here in the States. And I've really been pining for that and missing it. So it's been good, even though now it's back, or it was back. You had to watch without a crowd. It was still, you know, a fix of Saints, which um, we both appreciate. Um, it's just a shame. I mean, Saints, since the comeback or the restart of the season, I think, I don't know for sure, I haven't really looked it up statistically, but I doubt many teams are, have done, we've got more points than them um, since the play resumed. So, I mean, it's a shame the season's come to an end, really. I mean, I mean, it's a big if, but if they'd been able to maintain that sort of level of gathering points, I mean, they would be sort of chasing top four, I would have thought. Obviously, it was a big if to maintain that sort of form over a whole season. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, anybody looking back on this year, it's got to be the virus, really. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be how I would remember it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a disruptive. Um, it, it doesn't doesn't even begin to describe it. Um, what about on field? Is there is there a match or a moment that that you would, I guess? Well, there's a match obviously that none of us like to talk about or mention, <laughs> but it's, all the commentators and pundits love bringing it up. But I mean, often it can be turned into a positive. The fact that they were drubbed nine zero at home in front of millions on Sky, and yet here we are, was it six months later or so, and we got more points as after that match in the team that thrashed us. Uh-huh. And we had the pleasure of beating them on their own turf. Not uh-huh. 9-0, admittedly, but we still got the three points from them. So every negative can be turned into a positive, and that match obviously is so down. The infamous history of Southampton Football Club, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, uh- in a way, it's had a happy ending, especially finishing 11th. Um, and form that they've shown in virtually all the matches apart from the Arsenal game since the restart. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a, a real pleasure to watch the team post post restart. You know, it was the 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 way they went about their business, it was just an enjoyable experience, I would say, except for the Arsenal match and then maybe the first half against Brighton. But it doesn't matter because we we did the job in all the other matches and um you were mentioning the points we took. I think third place in the table if you just do from the restart. I think only City and United had more points than we did. And we beat one of them and drew with the other. So I think we'll we'll take it, you know? Um when you when you look at the team now, I mean we we you talk about potentially being able to sustain that for an entire season, which which would be difficult, but you know you we can always hope. Um what areas of the team do you think need to be addressed over the summer or over the, the, the break now? Uh, for us to have a better chance of doing that? I think it's the, the back five, definitely. I mean, midfield, even with Hoberg moving on. I thought he'd already gone to Everton, but I read something today that he's, it's still up in the air and he's, he's holding on to 
Spurs, I don't really know what the latest is on that, but bottom line is he's not going to be a Saints player on the floor unless you just see that as contract. Um, so I think, I mean, the goalkeeping situation, um, I would all, I would like to see Forster given another chance. I mean, I know he, he did well in Scotland. I know it's not the Premier League, but he, I mean, I think on their day, of the three of them, he is the best goalkeeper. I think they all played well in the same match under the same conditions. I know that's not impossible to, right. to contrive that, but I just feel like he's the most all-round best goalkeeper we have of the three of them. So I would have him challenging McCarthy for the number one spot and either sell or put um, Garn out on loan. That would be my solution. Okay. Now, um, no, so, so that's you know, obviously an important position. And then the back four, you know, well documented the issues we've had there for not just this season, but several seasons. For instance, we've sort of lost the natural leadership of um, Virgil and um, Font and people like that. We haven't really had anybody who's stepped up and just commanded that back four. Um, I think Stevens has done very well and he deserves a special mention for the way he's progressed under Ralph's tutelage. Um, so I think he's worthy of probably a starting place, but he needs to be threatened by someone equally, you know, after his position. Sure. And even the same with the others, really. And then you've got the fullback positions, which I think the, the Tottenham lad, Walker Peters, uh -huh. I think he's really excelled. And I think most of us have been impressed with him. and. Don't really know what's happened to Valerie, whether it's a mental thing with him or a physical thing. I know he was suffering from illness. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it'd be good to have the two of them battling for the position. Um, I think Bertrand's pretty good for another season or two. I know he's probably the wrong side of 30 now. At least he's got some experience. Um, but then midfield, I mean, even with Hoburg, Hoburg, um, we've got youngsters coming through, and, um, and Romeo has really stepped up to the plate. He's been a, the ultimate professional, you know, not getting it in the starting eleven and yet coming on, or even sometimes not coming on and just being totally professional. I think he's. I would shoe him in as a great um, holding midfielder, um, and then up front, well, you know, you've got good choices. You've got the old hand, uh, Shane Long. And then you've got the youngster, you know, with Oberfemi. So I think we're in pretty good shape up front. But so I think it's that back four that needs to be examined and strengthened. And um, I mean, I don't know what happened to Janso. I'm not even sure if he was alone or. Uh, yeah, no, he's on loan. He's he's going okay, back. Okay, well, he's obviously not up to the to the task because Ralph had plenty of chances to play him and he chose not to in matches that didn't ultimately matter. You know, we were already safe. Um, right. So that, that that would be what I, I think everyone is in agreement is the back four, back five that we need to look at. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I think improvement there gives stability for the rest of the team, and we we hopefully will have a, a new center back coming in soon. Still, as I've seen, I haven't really uh, been on uh, Twitter or, or, or checked the news in the past uh, kind of twenty four hours, but I, I haven't. No, usually, if something that big happens, somebody lets me know, even if I don't want right. to. Know. So uh, right. Um, I was just pondering, you know, three teams got relegated. I'm sure one of those three must have a decent centre-back that we could coach, you know, put in an offer for a guy who's good enough for the Premier League that would be an improvement on any of ours. Or maybe not. Or maybe that's why they got relegated. That's <laughs> worse than ours. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. We, we should have a new one coming in 
uh, Salisa should be announced. I think that they're just waiting for the announcement. And I don't know why. Um, anyway, uh, you mentioned Stevens there and, and we all know, you know, Danny Ings had the, the season of a lifetime, it seems like. Um, but if there's anybody other than Danny Ings, would it be Jack Stevens, you think, that deserves special recognition for his season? Or? Yeah, I think if the player of the award, player of the year, were um, like the, the Olympics in gold, silver, bronze, I'd give Danny obviously the gold, and then it would be a, a close fight the silver and bronze between um, Jack Stevens and Ward Krause. Okay. Um, and even maybe fighting on that get on the podium with the um, Stuart Armstrong, I think. I mean, when he was given a chance, he really excelled. And he scored goals, he set up goals, he's tenacious, he's, he's fit, he's got flair, he's got a footballer's brain. I think he's a great addition to the squad and the team. Yeah, yeah, he was a... The, I mean, I would say he was a lot of fun to watch this year, but I think it was... It's been so great because watching Ward-Prowse kind of come up and not have a place in the team and not have a, a best position and uh, kind of find his way all the way from, you know, from being kind of left out of the team under certain managers to just now being the captain. It's, it's been great to watch him do it, but, um, Armstrong has been fantastic. Stevens was great. Um, uh, I think, I think, I think all those, all three of those or all four of those are, are totally, totally worthy. Um, there now, uh, I guess, you know, is there anything else about the season that, that you feel needs to be mentioned before we we kind of uh wrap this up I, I, do, I do i think the board you know, often maligned in many football clubs i think they deserve a special mention and we should be grateful that they didn't um just get rid of ralph after the aforementioned disaster against leicester um i mean they had the foresight and the belief in him and he's you know reflected that since and, and been worthy of their support so i think you know, Southampton board um, deserves a special mention. Absolutely. And obviously, Ralph, Ralph himself, too, because he was the one who took it on the chin. He accepted responsibility, even though it was not him running around for 90 minutes. It was 11 players that he chose on that given night. Uh, so he's, been, he's worked miracles, really, and um, I think he should be, um, you know, obviously they've rewarded him with an extended contract. And right. um, so, yeah, I think Ralph and the board, I mean, Yes, we all love to watch the players, but it's behind the scenes is pretty important. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. I was very impressed that we wound up keeping because I think a lot of a lot of clubs. You saw what happened with Watford; they just kept, you know, bringing in new managers and things like that. And I think that that instability will cause problems. And you know, we've even seen it at, at Southampton that so many managers have had short tenures there in recent years. And it's nice to finally have one where it seems like we have some stability and the ideas are really getting through to the guys and, and it's showing on the pitch. So, uh, I, I think, uh, well done to the board for keeping him well done to Ralph for keeping with the players and doing the best that he can with the, the players that he has. And, um, you know, the results are, are starting to go to go in our favor, I think. Exactly. Yeah, totally agree. All right. Well, Graham, it's been a pleasure to chat with you again. Um, I'm sorry it's it's been so long. Uh, if people want to follow you on Instagram, they can do that at graham.cop.96. You can also find you on Facebook. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, I'll have to chat again and, and do it sooner rather than later. Sounds good to me. I'll always um, listen to your podcast every Tuesday and um, keep up the good work, is all I can say. All right. I appreciate that very much. So we'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Tim Bizantz. Uh, Tim, 
welcome back and thank you for joining me on this uh this fine saturday morning even though there's no uh current nbc coverage of saints to to watch we're we're still here talking about it uh thank you very much for having me you mentioned you're kind of on the clock before we were on air because uh you work at a hospital and it's the middle of a pandemic so um i'm sorry and uh well done in choosing a profession that was guaranteed to be uh i guess always have work yeah there was actually a scare there that I might our department might be cut just because it's not a revenue generating department but we're heavily involved in the uh, the COVID-19 uh, project and obviously with the pandemic going on uh, they re- redeployed us and now we're heavily uh, involved in it and working many many hours <laughs> yeah absolutely um well let, let's 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 talk about saints real quick um the season's obviously over I just got my email from NBC that says, "Hey, guess what? We're not going to charge you any money now because uh, you got to go try this other this other thing. That they're switching their coverage, um, but yet there are still things that are happening with the team. So uh, before we we get into transfers and everything else, let's look back and and when you think about this season, whether it's on or off field, um, you know, if somebody asked you about 2019, 2020, what's what's the first thing you're going to tell them? Well, the initial thought was uh, the predictions going into the season. And if you said to me that we would have 52 points and finish 11th, I would have been like, yep, that sounds about right. I'd be, I'll take that any day. Now, obviously, the intermediary between it, um, one said game that will define us for a long period of time, uh, many, many years. And then the breakdown with the significant long break. Uh, just between it all and then Danny Ings going off and well exceeding expectations, it, it, combining all that, it's, it's good. I'm a, I'm, I guess I won't say I'm content with it, but I, overall the six, I, I find it a competent and a B graded season for us. All right. All right. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think. There was an easy way to get to 52 points in 11th place, you know, and that would have been fine. We did, we chose not to do that, but I think it makes for a much more exciting uh, kind of, you know, end of the season where we didn't kind of just limp over the line. We really, we really uh, gave teams a hard time once the, once the restart came back. Um, you, you say exciting and uh, there's many people out there who have heart palpitations and long, will have long-term issues from their health. <laughs> following the team this season, you know, the relegation scrap, losing a lot, losing some games where we shouldn't have lost, losing some games where we lost uh, in a significant fashion. Uh, I, it's not the best for the health to be a Saints fan, at least in this year. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, and I'd just like to point out, um, I'm still in the car, people who heard the last interview. So if it sounds a little different, uh, I'm waking up, but uh, it's, uh, it's still the car. Um, the, the form that we had once the restart kicked in was, was phenomenal. Um, I don't think anybody predicted that and nobody's going to complain about it either, but, um, in order to keep that going, you know, what, what, I guess, what areas of the team do you think need to be addressed between now and the start of next season for us to have the best chance of, of keeping that going? Ralph talked about initially at the beginning of the season that he likes to have a smaller team uh, with the pace and the actually compact season coming up. Just want to ensure that the depth when it comes to the drop off isn't there. Uh, I know he didn't like to use subs and for the uh, for the for the pandemic after the pandemic break, we were able to use 
just you know a significantly 14, 15 player team, and it worked out well for us. Um, but ensuring that longevity so that you know if something does go wrong, if Danny Ings goes down, for example, what's going to happen from that? So making sure that we're solidified all across the board, making sure our depth isn't there uh, isn't an issue, and overall um, just keeping the same morale factor. I think that Ralph will give the opportunity to build off of that because with a new four-year contract, we're going to be buying in significantly, and uh, overall, I think he'll be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can. I, I hope so. When you look back at this season and you think about the season that Danny Ings had and the goals that he scored, uh, he obviously kind of steals the headlines, not just for us, but I think even across the Premier League, I think it's probably, he was probably talked about uh, more than any other player on in, in Saints team this year, this season. Um, second, maybe only to the 9-0. Uh, and maybe the fact that the board kept Ralph, but that's, that is what it is. We can't, we can't control that narrative, but um other players in the team that maybe surprised you or you think deserve recognition for their performances this season? Uh, the first, obviously, uh, person to go to is Ward Prowse, playing every game, every minute, most distance covered out of any player in the entire Premier League. Uh, that's been wonderful. And then there's been some real uh, success stories uh, that have been that have come about. Uh, Stuart Armstrong has solidified himself as a very consistent player, who on the right side on the right side of the four two 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 the ram so the right attacking midfielder has done very well. I think Bednarik is continues to impress. He's very young still, and he you know after if you, we don't lock him up, he's going to get picked off next summer. Is my prediction. Um, just before that, Bertrand's been you know successful and steady with everything he's done, and well, she's just a little bit of everybody else. Um, very happy with how things have gone and that's kind of about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely a team effort this season, but uh, a, a couple of people who have really, I think stood out and you realize we may, we may be hurting a little bit without Danny Ng's goals, but um, the other guys in the team have definitely progressed to the point to allow him to, to, to be put in those situations and, and uh, the positions to score those goals. And uh, then you look at kind of Che Adams coming on late. I think we're we're set up well going forward, and I'm I'm very excited about next season. Um, I just hope it happens without a, a gigantic break in the middle. Um, and, and I guess anything else that in relation to the team that you think uh, you know deserves kind of talking about, whether it's a, a match or or a player or the board or, or whatever it is, anything else that you des- think deserves mentioning here before we wrap it up? So a couple of games that kind of stuck out to me. The first one is the 2-1 uh, replay of the 9-0. Uh, that, to me, shows perseverance, and they came back, and they just went strong with it. Mm. It was absolutely wonderful to see that and how they came back from it all. Uh, to me, that is the one game that sticks out more than anything else. Uh, secondly was the Chelsea game uh, during the um, during the Christmas holiday period. Uh, they won 2 nil with Owafemi and Che Adams starting. So seeing that there's the potential for progress going into the future, we had a very rotated offense at that point. And I found that to be wonderful that they were able to accomplish and beat uh, Chelsea uh, probably maybe they overlooked the game a little bit, but we didn't. And even with our rotation, that was wonderful. Yeah. 
And geez, I, I guess what I got to say, we were pretty lucky going into after the break to start with Norwich away, regardless, just playing Norwich, uh, 3 0 is a great way to kind of get back into the swing of things, playing against a, a championship caliber level team to kind of get ourselves in our foot going, you know, foot, foot going for the after the break. Yeah. So, th- those are just a few of those games that, uh, that stuck out to me. I'm sure there's others that I can't think off the top of my head, but uh, and obviously the Man City game, the win, the win was fantastic as well. Yeah. So just with re- I, there's probably a little bit of recency bias, although the that Chelsea game is not uh, recent. Right, right. Uh, no, but that game stands out, and and really, I mean, the way we've played over uh, the later part of the season, latter part of the season, it definitely, you know, there's no reason we shouldn't enjoy. It, it was much more enjoyable, you know, <laughs> than than some of the ways that the, the matches went earlier earlier. So I, I don't blame you there. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're kind of set up well and. Definitely, I think, still need to strengthen, like you said, add some depth to the team and um, put ourselves in a position to continue this. But with, with Ralph having a new contract, I think Ward Prowse, I think, has a new contract. I could be, I could be wrong about that or an extension. But um, you know, it seems like we're, we're, we're heading in the right direction, which is nice to say because we haven't been able to say that really over the past couple of uh, months, I guess, or years even, that, that we've de- we're definitely heading in the, in, in the right direction. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty nice to feel about that we're... Uh... We're looking ahead, and everything's looking everything's looking uh, positive. Yes, a few teams yeah. out there that are not in that way, and the one that sticks out in my head is Crystal Palace. It's the oldest team in the oldest team in the league. They what? How many points did they get after the break? Was it one or two or something like that? Um, just a few. Just there's there, there's just a few things that makes me feel very optimistic going into the season. Yeah, I think nobody spent longer in lockdown than uh, Wilfred Zaha because I think he was in there since last time we played him. But um, anyway, that's uh, <laughs> that's a bad joke. I should probably cut that out, but I won't. Um, I'll make make the people listen to that. But um, anyway, Tim, it's been a pleasure to chat with you again, and I uh, I appreciate it, and uh, I hope you're doing well and stay safe given uh, you know everything that's happening pandemic wise and everything else and uh i just i want to say thanks again for for joining the show thank you very much that does it for this week's episode of the southampton delivery podcast thank you so much for joining us i hope you've enjoyed it special thanks goes out to this week's guests luke millard justin woodward graham cop and tim bizantz All of their links to their social media profiles and things are in the show notes if you are interested in giving them a follow, which I think you should. Uh, And I really just appreciate their support of the show and their willingness to come on and talk. And, um, you know, especially to Graham and Tim for putting up with me sounding like I just woke up and was talking to them from inside of a car because that's exactly what happened. We'll have more of the same next week, plus hopefully uh, a big announcement. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Unless it falls through between now and then, and then I won't have an announcement. But now I've said this, so that will make it super weird. So I guess tune in and find out. The show would not be possible without the partners of the show, the Southampton page on Twitter and Instagram at Southampton page on Twitter and at Southampton page one on Instagram. We'll keep you up to date with all your Southampton FC news and needs. Um, if you like the logo for the show, then you should head on over to the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Matt Beeling does the logo for the show. He also does a bunch of other really cool stuff um, on his Instagram page. Uh, the new kits are out. There will be stuff coming up about that, I am sure. So uh, head on over there at We Are Southampton on Instagram. 
All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. If you are enjoying the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the show with a friend. If you'd like to be involved with the show and didn't get a chance to talk to me for this, you can submit your thoughts on the season. There is a link in the show notes, and it will be included in this week's newsletter, which you can sign up for by going to southhamptondelivery.com forward slash newsletter. That's it for now. I want to thank you so much for listening once again. Appreciate the support. And until next time, remember that together, we march on. Also, I'm getting out of the car now.